0: How do you run an effective business? Could it use a little help? That's where this program comes in. Welcome to Let's Talk Business According to Phaedra. Your host is Phaedra's daughter, Precious Hanks Carter. Some organizations are running their business without the correct guidelines in place. They don't know nor have they taken the time to get to know the correct way of running a business. Let Phaedra's wisdom help you right now.
1: Thank you for tuning in, Let's Talk Business According to Pedra Hanks. I'm your host, Precious Carter, and today we are going to discuss research and resources. As I stated last week, we can dream all we want. We can have all the best ideas in the world, but if we don't act on them, what good are they? I first wanna dive into research because that course of action will lead into the discovery of the resources that we are going to need. You see, in order to get the most out of research, you must first acknowledge to yourself that you don't know everything. You see, this frees your mind up to the willingness to be educated and the possibilities to learn. My thought process, and I know a lot of people share this, my my mother, Pedra Hanks, shared this as well, is you're never too old to learn something. You should learn something or get something out of any and every situation. And there shouldn't be a day that goes by that you don't learn something new. It could be something about your, yourself. It could be something about someone else, or it really could be um, something educational or, or business-wise that you just didn't know. And I think a lot of times I've come across where I see people either get stagnant or they go as far as they can go or, I hate to say this, they end up failing is because they have that know-it-all syndrome. Um, they feel like they know everything and there's not anything that anyone can tell them. and Or they just have that impression, you get that impression from them that they're not receptive to learn something new. Or I've encountered people that they don't mind learning something new. It's just the package in which it's presented. I never shy away from learning from people younger than me. You know, it's 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 profound how this generate this new generation, how smart they are, um, just in regards to common sense and and just it clicking and they get it. And a lot of times, we just think youth means inexperience, and it might mean inexperience, but it doesn't mean that they lack knowledge. And just because you're up in age, doesn't mean that. You, you, you do have the experience, but you might not have um, the knowledge. And so I want to encourage you when we are talking about research to just understand that your knowledge can come from any and everywhere and just be open-minded to how you receive the information that you need to catapult you to the next level. To help assist with our research, I have come up with a few questions to ask yourself. So I want you to take out a journal. And if you didn't learn from last broadcast, I I encourage you to go out and get a journal. The good thing is, is if you're just riding in your car and you're listening or you're not in a location or an environment to where you can write things down, the good news is, is that you can go back onto the Voice America website and listen to the show over again. And so the questions that I want you to write down and think about, and remember, I I, I don't want you to just think about it. I want you to answer it in written form as well because as I told you last week, I'm all about positive thinking and having those positive thinking sessions. A positive and successful thinking session to me is any time that you can come out of that session with a better understanding, but more importantly, a course of action to take. So the first question is: what type of company should you set up as? And so before creating a business, you should consider which type of business structure is best suited to the industry you're trying to break into or what business structure is best suited for your situation. And so I just want to briefly take you back to business school and go over the four types of businesses real quick. You've got sole proprietorship, partnership as well as limited liability company and corporations. I encourage you to dig deeper into the advantages of each, as well as the disadvantages. I want you to make a list of pros and cons, um, as there is more to be educated on this subject than what I have to offer. But real quick, a sole proprietorship, is an unincorporated company that is owned by one individual only. While it is the most simple of the types of businesses, it it also offers the least amount of financial and legal protection for the owner. An entrepreneur may choose this option if they want to retain full control over the company. And additionally, it is easy and inexpensive to establish a sole proprietorship. There are also tax benefits to it, um, as income is considered the owner's personal income and therefore only taxed once. And there, there's few regulation requirements for sole proprietorships. And so, as I stated before, you've got to just consider yourself and your family's situation and, and just think about what is the best option for you. The next one is a partnership. As the name states, it's a partnership. It's a business owned by two or more people, equally known as partners. Like sole proprietorships, partnerships are able to take advantage of flow through taxation. And that means the income is treated as the owner's incomes, so it is only taxed once. Ownership Owners in the partnerships are responsible for the liabilities of the firm, the liabilities to expenses equally. However, there are some nuances to this. And there are also different types of partnerships. I want you to, you know, if you have friends um, that are like-minded like you and and you do want to start business together or or even relatives, think about whether you want to do a general partnership, a limited partnership, or a limited liability partnership. And real quick, general partnerships are the easiest to form because there's few upkeep costs. Every partner is considered as participating in the operations of the business, and there is unlimited liability for every partner. And that means that every partner's personal assets can be used to repay the liabilities of the business. And that also means that each partner is responsible for the other partner's actions. And what I mean by that, is if you're in business with another person and they get sued um, for let's say you're in, you're in the medical and they get sued for malpractice, um, your personal assets may be also claimed against the lawsuit if it's just a general partnership. Now, a limited partnership um, has at least one general partner and the general partner takes on limited liability for the partnership and manages the operations of the company. Um, There are also limited partners in limited partnerships, and those limited partners only take on as much liability as their financial stake in the business. Um, So these are partnerships that are not equal, and they're based on your percentages. Now, limited liability partnerships, LLPs, are similar to general partnerships where multiple partners are each responsible for the operations of the business. However, partners in limited liability partnerships are not personally responsible for the actions of other partners or the debts of the business. Unfortunately, not all businesses can become LPs. This type of business is often restricted restricted to certain professions, such as lawyers or accountants. Um, so next we'll go on to limited liability companies. And those are one of the more flexible types of businesses to start. LLCs combine aspects of both partnerships and corporations. They retain the tax benefits of sole proprietorships and the limited liability corporations. LLCs are able to choose between different tax treatments. As long as the LLC chooses not to be treated as a C-Corp, it can retain its flow-through taxation status, which is you only get taxed once. Um, LLCs benefit from the limited liability status because the company exists as its own legal entity, meaning that it protects the owners from being personally liable for the operations and debts of the business. Um, And then next you have your corporations. And corporations exist as legally separate entities and they're protected from situations that I've mentioned previously. And there are three main types of corporations. You've got your C-Corps, your S-Corps, and then, of course, your nonprofits. Um, and so I, most of the time, when you're starting out as an entrepreneur, the corporation status really is not available um, for you to try to build your business structure. Most of the time, it's either a sole proprietorship, limited um, liability company, or a partnership. So... Now that you have established the type of company you're willing to start, I want to move on to your target audience. I was in a seminar, and the speaker put this phrase up at the start of their presentation. And it was um, one of their first slides. And I don't even remember what seminar I was in, but I remember this because I just couldn't forget it. And this was years ago. I'm talking about maybe like 2014, 2015. Appealing to everyone appeals to no one. So what that means is you have to pick a category. You just can't just be too broad. You need to focus on your target audience and style everything around that. So remember my thinking sessions. Get your target audience in the middle of the page, circle it, and let's build our bubble around that. You build your website um, from this target audience. You build your marketing campaign around them. You need to create a customer persona or two that can really help. You need to make sure you are targeting the right people by conducting market research. Send out outline surveys. Speak to your customers through social media. And even hold focus groups. Uh, A lot of times... I've I've done market research on Facebook by just posing a question out there. And so you can start there. The only way to provide a product or service people really want is to get inside their heads. Consumers know what they want. I'm not sure what your business is going to be, but if it is, you know, we do know that Businesses thrive off of selling, you know, capitalizing off of product and services. So what you have to realize is the goal is not to get a customer. The goal is to retain customers. Businesses flourish off of repeat customers. So you have to get inside their heads, figure out what they want and how to keep them coming back. Involve your target customer in the development of your business. And continue to test and test and test. Because once you're up and running and you're consulting with your customers, it makes them have a sense of feeling as if, hey, you know, my my opinion matters in this particular industry, on this particular market. And, And it feels like they have a voice as the consumer and it inspires loyalty. And... It cuts back on your marketing because the best advertisement is word of mouth. The next subject I want you to consider while we are in the research phase is paying yourself. And I I I, I want you to think about this before you even hit the ground running because this needs to be addressed up front how will you pay yourself? Now, I understand that the best intentions of making a profit is reinvesting straight back into the business. But you have to be realistic, especially those that are just diving into the deep end headfirst and are quitting their, their jobs and really investing their life savings and and pouring everything into their company. You're going to have to consider how you're going to eat and drink and continue to put a roof over your head. Now, granted, you probably like, okay, I'm going to live on a budget. I'm going to cut back on the luxuries. But you have to figure out what you need to live on and include it in your business model, in your budget. And this is what us in the business world like to call your personal survival budget. And that is going to be key because you you can start out with, okay, this is my personal survival budget that I need to pull out of the business to keep going. And then whatever profits from that, whatever proceeds from that, you pull back into the business to allow it to continue to grow and grow. And just don't look at the now. Don't look at the now on this particular subject because what I want you to understand is look at it as only being temporary and only being for a season And use it as motivation to make sure that you're hustling, you're bustling, you're out there grinding to grow your business so that you're not still on a personal survival budget. Now on to one of the more important subjects dealing with identity. And that is, if you haven't already, choosing your business name. Now, I want you to think long and hard about your name. You're going to be stuck with it as rebrands are expensive and painful. And so... Your name will need to work with an available web domain and will also often, it's going to be the first thing your prospective customers see. You need to make sure that there aren't a lot of other businesses with the same name because you want your identity to be unique. You want them to be able to easily find you and not confuse you. Consider what your name needs to say about your business. It is important as your business brand. You don't want people to be confused by the name of your company, that it steers them away from it because of uncertainty. And so I, I want to just share that with Hanks, Hanks & Associates, Mrs. Hanks's company, she started out as financial services, just primarily financial services, because her background is accounting. And so that was in the, the startup phase of her company was, oh, I'm just going to, I'm going to be an accounting um, consulting business. I'm going to provide those services to um, private, the private sector. And, and, and that was her vision and her goal. So could she could have come put a name such as Hank's Accounting Services or Hanks Accounting Corporation. But thank goodness that she did not because if she would have, when people hear Hank's Accounting Services, now if that's what you want to do, you, if you're certain that you want to stick with that particular industry because there are some instances where you do include the industry, and I'll talk about that in a second. But Mrs. Hanks's knowledge extended far beyond financial services. And I will share this. Our business does extend far beyond financial services. We provide financial services. We provide IT services. We provide administrative support services. We provide procurement services. But if she would have left it as Hanks' accounting services or Hank's Accounting Corporation, then that's the box that we would have been limited to. And so what I want to share even further is that there are a lot of factors in today's society to consider when choosing a business name. First and foremost, make sure the name is available. Avoid hard to spell names. Don't pick a name that could limit your business, which is what I stated. Um, avoid particular products or a specific city. Um, conduct an internet search. Get the dot-com. And this is from Forbes. This is not my advice. I read this in an article um, in Forbes. And it, they recommended get the dot-com domain rather than the net org or dot-biz. And you can easily search by going to dot domain.com or network solutions.com to see if your potential business name is available. And it'll tell you if it's available with a dot com, a dot biz, a dot net or a dot org. Now, if the dot com is already taken, then there's no need to fret. Just move on to the dot net, the dot org or the dot biz. But they did say it's best to get the dot com. And if you really, really want the dot com, that same article that I read stated Also, too, that you could go into um, and do some research to see um, the the contact information of who has the dot com. And sometimes people are willing to sell um, the rights to that domain, especially if they're not using it, because a lot of people and you hear celebrities do this all the time. They buy their children's um, name so that domain names, so that people can't capitalize and make a profit off of it. And so, but back to, because I don't want people to be like, um, well, she said not to stick with a particular industry. If you're a construction company, then yes, you can do something like Hank's construction um, corporation, because you know that you want people to know that that's your industry that you're in. Um, You know, Sometimes people do want to specify cities, but I'm, what, what I, these are just things that I provide generally because I don't necessarily, when I do consulting or um, do these seminars, I don't just target one industry. So it's just the advice that I give um, to a broad spectrum of business owners. But I also... Um, do encourage if it's a specific industry, and that, and you know that you're not going to be away from that, like construction. Yes, definitely, and then and even accounting services. If you're, if that is what you're doing, you know, um, then by all means, do that. Licensing is one of the most common legal issues um, small businesses encounter, and so what I want you to do is I want you to make sure you're in accordance with your local government's requirements for business licensing. Because if, because if you don't research this, you will likely find yourself facing fees that could have easily been avoidable. And the cost of license may vary depending upon where you're operating out of um, and your industry. Um, but I do encourage you to consult your local government licensing agency, your lawyer, um, and your accountant. At a minimum, I do know every business will need a business license and a tax registration. And if you will be setting up financing for your business or entering into contracts with suppliers, um, you also need to consider um, non disclosure agreements. Since you're going to be providing um, your business acumen and things like that to people outside of your business Um, you should just really consider having these people um, sign this before um, you provide them with that information and so right now we're going to take a quick break and when we come back um, I will continue on.
0: Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. Are you ready to hear from investors and get insight on different asset classes? Join host Troy Eckert for the program. Talk with the Texan, money and life. Troy works with high net worth investors and is ready to bring you the secrets he's learned. In his 35 years of alternative investment experience, along with his guest experts. If you want value, you'll need to listen in live every Monday at 5 p.m. Eastern Time and 2 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel.
1: Tax laws are constantly changing. How can you keep up? Tune in to the Tax Answers Advisor with host Marcelino Dodge. By working together year-round, we'll help you implement proactive tax strategies to ensure you are paying the least amount of tax possible and work to increase your business cash flow. We'll help you file your business and individual tax returns accurately, safely, and properly the first time. Listen every Thursday at noon Eastern Time and 9 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel.
0: It's time to future-proof your business. Join host Bonnie D. Graham for the Kinetic Enterprise, Built to Evolve. Presented by Deloitte, SAP solutions help you transform your business. And we'll start by going in-depth with topics and guests built around the four pillars of the Kinetic Enterprise. Clean, intelligent, inclusive, and responsive. Move in to the next level with the Kinetic Enterprise, presented by Deloitte, live every Friday at 9 a.m. Eastern Time, 6 a.m. Pacific on the Voice America Business Channel. Today, enterprise technology is both strategic and global You're listening to Let's Talk Business, according to Phaedra. To reach the program today with a comment or question, please call in to 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. You may also send an email by clicking the email host button on the Voice America show page. Now, back to Let's Talk Business, according to Phaedra. Here again is Precious Hanks Carter.
1: Welcome back. Before we went to commercial break, I was talking about um, some fees associated um, that that will be associated with your startup costs. And we talked about, um, you know, obtaining your business license and tax registration. And I also wanted to talk about insurances. Um, They're along the same lines as licensing. You're going to need business insurance. Now, what type? of insurances depends upon the nature of business. Um, You have business property damage, you have legal liability, and you have employee related risk. In most states, your business needs certain coverages to operate like workman's comp insurance. If you have employees, five or more, you're gonna need worker's comp insurance. And this gives your employees benefits to help them recover from work related injury or illnesses. Um, limited, um, I'm sorry, liability insurances is also important because it helps pay the legal fees and cost related lawsuits um, filed against your business. And without these coverages protecting your business, you'd have to pay out of pocket for claims. And um, then you have uh, um, business property insurance and business income. Mm. This helps you. Business income insurance helps, um, like, if a natural disaster happens to strike that um, causes your business to be inoperable, um, you're losing out on business income, you just file a claim against your business income um, insurance policy, and that will help you stay afloat as you get back um, to being made whole before the natural disaster or whatever happened to cause you to have to close down. So let's talk about funding because how do I say this nicely? You're going to need some kind of form of money to start a business. Starting a business is not free and um, depending upon the business, starting a business is not cheap. But the good news is, is that there are resources out there that will assist you. You just have to know where to look and do your research. That's why I say research and resources are going to go hand in hand. Um, there is a fee or expense for most things, as I told you. Even if even before you open the doors, there's biz, there's fees associated with startup. Well, I encourage you to develop a checklist not just in your mind, or even search for a checklist so that you can budget accordingly um, for all startup expenses, as well as give yourself some cushion for unexpected expenses. Funding your business is one of the first and most important financial decisions you're going to make as a business owner. And what you're going to have to do is you're going to have to consider what is the best um, course of action? What is the best scenario for you and your family? Because every business has different needs and there's not one financial solution that is a one-size-fits-all because your family situation is different than my family situation. Everyone's personal financial situation is different. And your vision for your business will shape the financial future. So I want to talk about different ways that you can fund your business. Um, the first one is self-funding. Um, it's not popular and it's kind of unconventional, um, but it happens often. And, and I've seen a lot of people be successful with self-funding. With self-funding, you retain complete control over the business. and you're starting out debt-free, but you're also taking all of the risk yourself. Um, there's a lot of pros and cons, and I'm, and I'm listing a few, but once again, I, I urge you to do the research um, yourself. Um, be careful not to spend more than you can afford. That's why budgeting comes in handy. And be especially careful if you choose to tap into your retirement accounts early, um, your savings, that that you know your limit, because um, especially with early four hundred one k withdrawals, you might have x amount in your four hundred one k. But if you're not old enough to withdraw from that four hundred one k, you have to consider that you're going to acquire um, the fees and penalties um, that is going to damage. Your your overall amount that you thought you had. So check with your your plans administrator and a financial advisor before you tap into um, your retirement plans. Another source of funding is investors. Depending upon the nature of business, this option might be available and it might not be available. And so investors give you funding to start your business so you don't have to worry about um, your retirement or your savings dwindling down. Um, but investors don't just give money away for free. Um, they give you money in exchange for an ownership share or sometimes even an active role in the company. And so um, venture capital is what it's called. That differs from traditional financing um, in a number of ways because venture capital typically focuses um, on high-growth companies and invest capital in return for equity rather than debt, so it's not a loan, Um, takes higher risk in exchange for potential higher returns and so almost all venture capitalists um, will want at a minimum to sit on the board of directors. So you're going to have to be prepared to give up some portion of not only um, ownership, a percentage, but also some type of control in, in the direction of your company. Um, also the, another for, form of Funding is loans. If you want to contain complete control, retain complete control over your business and you don't have enough funds to start or you don't want to tap into your savings, um, consider a small business loan. And so, but in in order to increase your chances of securing a business loan, um, you need to have a business plan. You need to have um, financial projections, forecasting, and it's not just for this year; it's for five years. They they want to before they give you a loan, they need to make sure that you're going to be in a position to pay the loan back. And you putting together a business plan, financial projections, and forecasting will give you an idea. Of how much you'll need to ask for, so you're not just winging it when you go into these meetings. It'll help you better understand um, your vision, and you'll see. And it's it's that whole, you know, it's out of your head and it's on the paper, and you can actually see it, and uh, and it makes it that much more achievable. So it's important to have a business plan, and 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 all of those other tools when talking to banks and investors. Um, and so now that I've discussed the business plan due to funding, let's go ahead and and talk about a business plan. A good business plan guides you through each stage of starting and managing your business. You'll use your business plan as a roadmap for how to structure and run and grow your new business. It's a way to think through the key elements of what you want your business to be. Business plans can help you get funding or bring on new business partners. And your business plan is a tool you'll use to convince people that working with you or investing in your company is a smart choice. It's not just you saying, it's them seeing. Because as, as humans, we've, we've got to, the only way for us to comprehend and fully digest stuff is through repetition. And so what better way to, to have the audio of me telling you and then also you have the visual to see. And then also go back and look in your own leisure. I'm going to start out by saying when you talk about business plans and, and writing all that, a lot of people get nervous and they start breaking out in hives. I've seen it in my seminars. I want to encourage you with this simple sentence. There's no right or wrong way to write a business plan. The only wrong business plan is no business plan. The most important thing that I can, I can tell you and the most important thing that you can take away from writing a business plan is that your business plan needs to meet your needs. If everything that you've envisioned and you've dreamed of is on paper on that business plan, if you have a step and a course of action of of your how, then that's a successful business plan. Now, I want to talk about the, the in-depth of the business plan because business plans fall into two categories your traditional or your lean startup i encourage everybody to do a lean startup that's your one page who's heard of the elevator pitch i talked about this a couple of weeks ago and um and i know you have you if you've been to um if you retained if you your bachelor's degree and, and you got into business that's one of the first things you learn in introduction to business is an elevator pitch. And this isn't just for people that have businesses. When I learned it, it wasn't just about businesses, it was about selling yourself. You have 60 seconds to impress me. See, and now I'm into my HR mode. If, you, if I'm running in between meetings and, and I didn't have time to interview you, And you have 60 seconds with me. You have 60 seconds to sell yourself. Same thing with your business. You have 60 seconds to give me the gist of your business. To capture my attention, to want to sit down and learn about your startup. That's where your lean startup business plan comes in. That's one page of a general synopsis to tell me of how you're going to get to where you're going to get to. Traditional business plans are the more common and they're the standard. Um, and I encourage you to go into detail in each section. Um, they do tend to require more work um, and can be lengthy. But that's because you're going through the various phases of how your business is going to grow. I do want to encourage you that with time moving forward as fast as it's moving forward and us moving into a a whole nother generation, lean startup business plans used to be um, uncommon or least common. And now that's what people prefer because they're like, they don't really want to go through 30 pages of paper um, of a proposal. Um, So if you can give it to me, um, in a shorter amount of time the this, this same message I'll take that lean startup but it's best to start out with your lean startup um, business plan and then move more towards the traditional have both that's the best I can tell you because you just never know it's a personal preference and you just never know your audience when it comes to um, soliciting funds for your business when you write your business plan, you don't have to stick to the exact business plan outline, um, but instead use the sections that make the most sense for your business and your needs. Because I know a lot of times we, we pay for these templates and they're not what we need. As I told you, there's no wrong business plan. Um, but the, sec- the common sections is an executive summary. And this tells your reader what your company is and and why it will be successful. You need to include your mission statement, the product or service you're going to be providing, and basic information about your company's leadership team and also your location. You should also include financial information and high-level growth plans if you are planning to ask for financing. The next section is your company description. You use this, it's pretty self-explanatory, to describe your company more in detail. Go into details about the problems of this world that your business intends to solve. And that's how I do live my life. This is a little sidebar, side note. I've always been one to don't come to me with a problem if you don't have a solution. And here is your perfect opportunity in your business plan and the company description to state a problem, but talk about how your business is going to be the solution. Be specific and and list out the, the organizations and other businesses that your company plans to serve. Explain why you have the competitive advantage that's going to make your business a success. Why your business over your other competitors. That's why you tell them what you have to offer and what makes you special. And then the next section is your market analysis. You'll need to have a good understanding of your industry. Research, research, research. And your target market. And for your market analysis, you're going to have to have Competitive research. So you're going to have to research your competitors and show what other businesses are doing. And you're going to have to magnify their strengths. You're going to need to look for trends and themes. And then you're going to tell how you're going to be more successful and how you can do it better. The next one is organization and management. You tell your readers how your company will be structured and who will be running it. You've got to give them the key players involved, their background, um, what makes them experts, or what makes you an expert to lead this company. You're going to have to also describe the legal structure of your business in this particular section, whether you're, um, whether you intend, to, even future plans, whether you intend to be incorporated, whether you're LLC, whether you're a sole proprietor, use an organizational chart. This is where you, you tend to take up space on your traditional plan by using an organizational chart to lay out the infrastructure and the hierarchy of um, your company. The next one is service or product line. That's the next section in your business plan. Describe what you're going to be selling and offering and explain how it benefits the customers and how, they're going to, how it's going to be repeat. Now, if you've come up with a great idea that's, that's required a trademark a copyright or you have patents that are filed, you need to include that too. The next one is marketing and sales. And there's no single way to approach a marketing strategy, but your strategy should evolve and change to fit your unique needs. And your goal in this particular section is going to be how you're gonna attract and retain repeat customers. Then the next part is funding requests. If you're asking for funding, this is where you'll outline your funding requirements, how much you need, why you need it, where it's going to go. Because people aren't going to give you money if your specific needs are not clear. And then the next section is financial projections. And this is pretty much just your budget. And do more than an annual budget. Do a five-year budget, three to five years. um, And that should help. You need to provide a prospective financial outlook for the next five years, and that's going to be forecasting your financial statements, your balance sheet, your income statement, your cash flow, things like that. And then lastly, you're going to use the appendix to provide a supporting documentation for other materials such as resumes, if you want to include resumes of your, your team, as well as um, the licenses, permits, the patents that you have pending or the patents that you already um, have obtained. And so that is, that is pretty much all the gist of a business plan. And so, as I stated before, your research leads into your resources. And I want to backtrack to um, the resource part because you have to go out there and find the resources. The resources aren't going to fall into your lap. So you have to get in contact with your local small business administration office whatever regional office it is go on to sba.gov and start from there and they have many 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 programs out there to help small businesses be successful and i've heard some someone told me how can the small business administration tell me how to start up a business and effectively run it when nobody in there is business owners they're all government workers. And I said, well, hold up. You're, you're approaching that outlook wrong. What you have to look at it as is that Small Business Administration, they're not claiming to be experts in starting a business. And some, and some of them might, you might run into some that um, are former business owners and now consult with the government or what have you. But the Small Business Administration is a hub Think of them as a hub to connect entrepreneurs with current business owners or provide resources. Get them in touch with the right resources and the right programs. Small business administration, I promise you, I can attest, is great and phenomenal at connecting you, a future business owner, with the right resources and tools. To start up your business, but more importantly, grow your business. Because I'm not going to say it's easy to start a business, but plenty of people start a business. How many people can say that they've successfully grown a business? And so I encourage you to go to your local SBA um, office or to log on to the SBA website. Um, as I've stated before, is with Mrs. Hanks, she got presented with opportunity back in 2015. The end of 2015, the Small Business Administration approached her and said, Hey, you know, um, we, we see that you were part of our 8A program and, and we see what you've got a lot of success going on. And, and we have an opportunity to where you can mentor other. Businesses um, and kind of do that knowledge transfer. And she did not hesitate for a second. And they came to her for her as a business owner. And she came to each of us um, the vice president of operations, the vice president of um, corporate revenue, and me, the VP of human resources. And she said, I would like to do this. Who is on board? And all of us said, absolutely, we would love to be a part of this program. And so what we did is um, all of 2016 and, and um, a good portion of 2017, we went to various small businesses and um, we poured back into them. And what we did was we helped them either the, the startup businesses, we helped them like for me, I can just, I speak for me, I helped them set up their human resource department or for businesses that had hit a, uh, they were stagnant for a couple of years. I helped them with strategies and ways to come up with plans to grow um, their HR initiatives and, and through growing their HR initiatives, would ultimately um, translate into um, happier employees. And so um, our corporate revenue VP would go out and, and help some people set up their accounting department uh, help them set up um, their correct um, invoicing software. And Mrs. Hanks would go to regional SBAs and she would teach uh, business se- seminars to small um, business owners. They would come. She'd have like 30, 40 one time she had like 75. And so I'm saying that to say, take advantage of the resources. The resources are out there. They're just not going to fall in your lap. You've got to go out there and you've got to research. Sign up for those classes. Sign up for those seminars. Some of them might be free. The program that we were part of that, I was, that I've been talking about, It, it was free with SBA but even if it's not free it's worth the investment join your your local chamber of commerce uh, you know because there's probably business owners there and network that way and and try to um connect and, and see if a business owner has time to mentor you sometimes they do sometimes they don't um Oftentimes they do because they remember what it was like when they were in that position and those resources or that opportunity wasn't available to them. And so I I hope you've enjoyed this particular part, this show today about research and resources because it is a critical point in time in your business. And so I I hope you've enjoyed my second show. I know I have. And I look forward to seeing you same time, same place next week for Let's Talk Business According to Phaedra. I'm your host, Precious Hanks Carter. I hope you have a great weekend.
0: Thank you for tuning in this week to Let's Talk Business According to Phaedra. Your host, Precious Hanks Carter, will be back next Friday at 9 a.m. Pacific Time. That's noon Eastern Time on the Voice America Business Channel as we feature another edition of the program. We'll talk business success again soon.